Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. We are discussing Wishmaster 1 and 2. No, we're not discussing 3 and 4. Don't you fucking push me. I will quit this show right now. I'm Michael. That's Kersey over there. <laughs> Tolerating and, my madness. Hey, I want to start immediately with an apology. <laughs> it was my idea. I think originally we were just going to attach Wishmaster to some other movie. Oh, and I was yeah. Like, no, no, let's yeah. do, let's just watch like 1 through 3. And then you were immediately like, no, let's not do that. That's a terrible idea. And yeah. then you asked me if I'd ever seen any of the other Wishmasters, and I said no, but I kind of like the first one. And so <laughs> then I had to talk you into, like, let's just do one and two. How about that? Yeah. I, you were you were right. I was wrong. So originally it was going to be the first Dust Till Dawn and Wishmaster, but then I kept thinking about how good part three of Dust Till Dawn was. So that morphed into that being an episode, but when I said, when we're talking Wishmaster, I was like, there's no fucking way I can do all four. <laughs> I just can't. Um... <laughs> So one and two were legitimate, like, hey, let's at least attempt to make a legit movie. You know, I think the second one they were talking about possibly putting in theaters. Good idea they didn't. But three and four, yeah, three and four were shot back to back in Manitoba with no names whatsoever for like a million dollars each and nothing happened. I swear part three is just like almost entirely in one fucking room is is what I can remember. But... Uh, the first one, like, I remember the poster in theaters. Wes Craven's name was attached to it, and this is right after Scream, so it got a lot of push, and it did okay. It's like a $5 million movie, made 14 uh, tore up on video, but then the sequel, they're like, oh, we're not going to spend a lot of money on this one at all, and no creativity whatsoever, really. Let's just do what we can do for the money. Yeah, and it's kind of it's basically just one of those uh, franchises where you're uh, your villain is an immortal, so you can make endless sequels. Um, so it's just one of those yeah, if, uh, kind of movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, to say about it really. This company that, that made it. Okay, so well, hold on. This was Artisan, aka Live, and they sold the rights to their franchise to the guys who own uh, Warlock and a leprechaun and i feel like there should have been a point around 2004 2005 where we saw like warlock versus wishmaster or something like that because they are very similar characters they're charming sort of uh they, they have like these you know magical powers they can like there's no real rules you know they can rewrite it all they want and uh i'm just shocked it never happened I'm not. <laughs> well, you don't see, see a direct. I, I can see a directed video version of like Jason versus Freddy coming out with these characters. I don't know. I don't know anyone who has any affinity for those characters, though. Like, who's talking about like, oh man, are they gonna remake Wishmaster? Yeah, that's true. Know. That's true. Okay, yes. <laughs> Leprechaun won't die though. I don't get it. No matter what they do, no matter how bad these fucking movies are, uh, you know what? I will take Wishmaster. Uh, I might even take Wishmaster two over any of the Leprechauns. Yeah, I think I finally have to agree with you. Fuck, I mean, Leprechaun... <laughs> except for, it, except yeah. for Leprechaun in space, because at least that's hilarious. <laughs> well, okay. I've never seen Leprechaun in the hood, um, so I have no idea if that's any... You know, I feel like that's going to be... I feel like that's not going to age well at all in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's up, homies? Where's my pot of gold? We know how you guys love gold. Like, oh, Leprechaun's yeah, a racist! Exactly. Like he's gonna be like, oh my god, this rapper's got a, got a grill full of gold. That like it's gonna be like that kind of shit. Or like, oh yikes. yeah. The um, <laughs> but the Wishmaster, the first one at least does build some interesting mythology. It's from the writer of Hellraiser, uh, Peter Atkins, 
you can kind of see like, fuck, that was all that, that made it, that franchise made a lot of money. Let me go create another one. And he did the best he could, I guess, on the limited budget. I think the problem with the movie is uh, it seems too amateurish in a lot of its approach. And I think the problem is the director, Robert Kurtzman, is just not that. He's a special effects guy. And I think that's part of the reason why they hired him is because we can do a gore fest for a lot lower budget than it would cost us normally. Let's give this guy the directing job because he's not a visual director and he's not really good at like pacing and, and getting the uh, acting in, really. I don't know. Yeah, that's what... So, like, the opening of the, of the movie is very much effects-heavy, uh, gore-tastic kind of um, a fun opening. Um, but it's just filmed in a way that's really boring, where you don't really get much out of it, other than, like, oh, look, here's a special effect. Yeah. Oh, look, there's another special effect. Well, almost seems... It's not as exciting as something, like... From Dust Till Dawn, where it's just like absolute fucking chaos. Yeah, and it, what it is, a lot of it seems it seems so claustrophobic. Like it seems like ninety percent of this movie takes place on sets, like not good sets, like porno sets, where it looks right, like not claustrophobic, like in, to my intent. It's just claustrophobic, like wow, that camera zoomed in really far for no reason. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's like they didn't even have a lot to shoot on, like a real studio lot. They're like, we got yeah, a warehouse. Like, you, got, you, got three, you got three feet of, uh, of set to run through, so you got to go real slow on this. Yeah, and you know, there is a scene in this that rips off Wishmaster, or no, the Hellraiser, so much, and it's almost as if the writer said, well, it worked in that one, I'll just steal my own stuff and throw it in. It's, it's when that, that long tunnel, but they're using like forced camera angles or whatever to make it look like it's like 30 feet long, but it's really like eight. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, creatures yeah. and the creatures running on the walls behind her. That's literally his own thing from Hellraiser. Yeah, with the giant shrimp thing. Yeah. The um <laughs> I also want to say this. The creature on the poster is fucking dope looking. He don't yeah. look like that at all in the movie, just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks like uh, uh like a snake predator. Yeah. I don't and, and, yes, it's very bulky, but it's actually like real costume design like you can see they put some time in like they worked with andrew divoff um who i think really does a fun job as uh the gene what is it how do you pronounce this gin dudgeon okay yeah gin gin i don't know okay i think he has a lot of fun in this one something goes wrong in the second one where he can't stop grinning like a fucking billy madison kind of um uh, little Nicky character that Adam Sandler would play. I don't know what the fuck happened in the sequel. He's like, I just keep expecting him to go, I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Too hot! Yes. Want to touch the Heidi? You know? <laughs> what I'll say is that I, I think it's a neat idea. The idea that, like, he can't hurt you unless you do something first. Right. Like, it has to be... It, like your ill will has to be provoked by you first and that, that's an interesting concept but it's kind of they in the first movie they kind of stretch it beyond imagining already yeah when like literally everybody like wishes stuff when it's like oh yeah well i wish you'd go go away it's like no one talks like that yeah i know I that was and, and he doesn't really have to push very hard he's like what would you wish for? And he goes, ah, fuck off, dude. Get out of my face. I don't want to see you again. No, but seriously, what would you wish for? Well, you know what? I would like to wish for. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow, that was easy. <sighs> and some of them aren't wishes. Sometimes it's just like, uh, 
How's it going today? Well, I wish it was, or, you know, like something, I, I just said the word wish, but you know, something's so slight, and he's like, <laughs> I took an inch for a mile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and um, I'm not entirely sure. I think they actually explained it better in the second one, but, like, the, the gal, the main actress, she, or the main character, I should say, she didn't break the crystal open, did she? I thought that was, like, the process of some machine that did that. Um, I don't know. But I'll say yes. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so, like, the point is, like, once he grants, once he grants three wishes, um, then he has dominion over Earth, right? Right, like, right. Like, he could, but why can't he do that with anybody? Like, there's plenty of people who would, like, who would want three wishes, but well, he just kills everyone in their first wish. It's going off the rules of, like, the classic Aladdin thing, is you rub the lamp three times, whoever rubbed the lamp gets it. Yeah, see, that's where the mythology gets a little muddy, and I think they do a lot of it just because it gets a high kill count. Because if you think about it, shouldn't why is he granting other people wishes and he's only getting, like, mildly stronger? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand, like, all of a sudden he's like, well, I can grant you three wishes, but I can only grant everybody else one wish. I was like, well, why do you grant anybody else wishes? Yeah, well, what would be the point? Yeah, I just... It's such a strange, weird mythology rule. And I thought her her final trick on him, you know, like her wish was that thing never opened, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's, a, that's an interesting reset. I don't think it works as well with the second one. I don't think it's as no, clever. But yeah, yeah, the first one is very clever because it, like, it doesn't, like, do it in your face. It's just she's, like, reading an article about a guy who was drunk on a job who broke a crate on top of uh, Sam Raimi's brother. And um, that's how this whole thing started. And she finally like connects the dots as to how this whole thing happened, and which is that the guy wasn't drinking on the job. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's actually pretty clever. I'm like, uh, uh, and how to, how, to, like, how to twist that. Right, but it, and it um, also leaves the door open for sequels in a different way because he's yeah. not technically like, oh, killed and they have to resurrection. They always have to come up with these tricks to resurrect somebody. But in this one, they're just like, well, he's still in there, and he can still be open, but for now, we're good. Yeah. And this one's loaded with cameos, too. Uh, another Tom Savini. We got uh, Angus Scrim as the narrator, who's a tall man in the Phantasm movies. Uh, th- there's an actor named George Buckflower, who's a lot of, like, uh, John Carpenter movies. He's usually, like, a homeless Always guy. Always a hobo. Yeah. Uh, Kane Hodder, Tony Todd, uh, Reggie Bannister. I think that's it. Well, oh, 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 Robert England, duh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's still some interesting stuff. At least the special effects, they go crazy. What it feels like to me is, you know, they ran KNB, and it seems like they said, hey, everybody that works with us, come up with whatever crazy thing you want to come up with. You know, it's just like everybody just got to goof around and create their own, you know, murder scene. And Yeah, and, it, and I can see that being fun. Um, for a movie, and, it, and yeah, it, it is interesting, and it's it, it is fun. It's definitely not scary. There's nothing really that interesting about it, or that sets it apart from like a lot of other type of monster godlike figure yeah. uh, horror films. The digital effects look like shit. The only one that really works, and I don't think visually, but like story wise, is the one where I can see right through you and they're glass and they explode, and then all these people get like sliced up with the glass. I thought that was a cool thing to do. Mm. Uh, I like the skeleton coming out of the guy's body. Oh, yeah, that was great. Didn't they redo something like that almost in part two in the casino? Uh, I don't 
I feel I, like, by that point I was burnt out. <laughs> I, I feel like they almost repeated the same exact thing in the second one where the guy's skeleton burst out of his body or something. I like would that. not be surprised because they probably had those that, that special effects stuff just lying around. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, I'll actually, save us a few bucks. it's a completely different company, and that's a big problem with the second one. Do you do you want to talk about this one anymore, or do you want to go to the second one? Oh, we can move on to the second one. I will say this, if you ever see the name Wes Craven Presents above a movie title, run away. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost I don't I don't I could not name a single one that Wes Craven produced that was any good. I'm not even gonna I don't even want to discuss Dracula two thousand. Holy fuck. Um so the second okay. one the second one is straight to video. I think they kinda toyed with the idea of like maybe doing a smaller release, but I don't I don't know. Um but this one, they no longer have the rights to the Wishmaster costume. And it looks like a pile of shit. It's fucking garbage. And I think they redid it also because it was probably saved time because it's less appliances, less bulky, and they can just slip it on like a fucking sock or whatever. Do you actually think he has any appliances on his actual face? I th- it looks like makeup that's trying to replicate applic- like latex. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. It, it just, it, yeah, it all looks kind of matte. It was weird. Yeah, it looks like the kind of fucking thing I would do when I was a kid. When my mom, we didn't have Boba Fett costumes back then. Boba Fett, <laughs> Boba Fett was a nobody. No one gave a flying fuck about Boba Fett until later. And I was a hardcore fan of him. And my mom decided to do Boba Fett with makeup on my face and tried to draw out all the stuff or whatever. And no, it didn't work. And also, I got a horrible rash. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of looked like the Insidious Demon guy. Yeah, or, um, you know, more like Darth Maul, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we all just admit that the Insidious Demon, it looks really stupid and it's not scary? I've never seen Insidious, actually. Okay, well, you're good then. Okay. You to... Um... <laughs> So, yeah, this one come out, came out a couple years later, and like I said, Andrew DeVoff's performance is completely strange in this one. His makeup looks terrible. I don't think it's impressive in any way. It just looks TV cheap or worse. And, yeah. and um, this one is written and directed by Jack Shoulder, and people know him from uh, The Hidden and Freddy's uh, Revenge, the second Nightmare on Elm Street, the one that nobody likes. Um but think, oh come on! No, no, no! At the time, nobody liked the second one. It did okay, but I mean, no one yeah. talked about it. Now it's kind of found its audience. Yeah, it's kind of one that's more interesting in retrospect, given like what the material is and yeah. it's, and the history of like how it was made. How it had to be like secretly coded about the AIDS because uh-huh. they like they were like very restrictive about that kind of shit back then. It's more. It would. It's a more interesting documentary piece than it is an actual movie. Right. I'll admit that. Um. And in this one, they say, the only reason he agreed to it, he said, because I just listened to an interview because I was curious about his career and this movie. Um, the only reason he agreed to it was that he was allowed to have some wiggle room with the mythology, and he got to write the script. And afterwards, he goes, and Wait, I made he a... was proud of that? No, 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 no. He said, I got to write my own script, and when I was done, I realized I made a huge mistake. <laughs> okay. At least he's up front with it. And he said and most of the time I was just taking, you know, TV movies and stuff like that just to pay the bills. He said I was notorious for being very fast and very efficient, whatever. That's how I got jobs so easily. And it looks like he didn't give a goddamn crap about this at all. It's just like, yeah. oh, give me my money. Let's get going. There's nothing <laughs> new. There's nothing original. And the special effects are terrible. And it just... 
half this movie, again, like Dust Till Dawn 2, is in one place for too long, that prison. Yeah, and things just don't really make any sense either. I don't understand how what the story is. Like, okay, so basically it opens with this couple uh, robbing an art gallery, which is really stupid to begin with because, like, you're ripping things out of the frame. You're, like, cutting up the painting. I see that um, in other movies, and I'm like, ooh, that doesn't seem like it's going to be worth as much. Yeah, exactly. You're immediately, like, destroying its value by by ripping it, so that doesn't even make sense. Also, like, who the hell do you know? You're like, like that's the thing, too. They never explained, like, who paid them for that job. It seemed like they were just stealing paintings yeah. in the hopes that they could sell it later, which is the dumbest thing possible. <laughs> Katie, I would have like, loved it if they had been, hey, have you heard about this new thing called yeah. eBay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fun. And, like, they just, like, roll it up. Like, you, you, that's a priceless painting. You don't just roll it up after you slice it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and so, anyway, like, beyond that, uh, it's this couple and a third wheel i guess are in there i can't remember like the 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 main couple which is like the the main actress the main character and her boyfriend the boyfriend gets killed and she shoots the guard um in retaliation and that sends her on kind of this spiral where she spends most of the movie just sitting at the computer reading internet stuff uh-huh yes uh, <laughs> and talking to her <laughs> oh, priest friend boy. oh my god it, like almost every scene with her it starts with her smoking a cigarette looking at the computer and then reading out loud what she's reading and it's so boring yeah and then of course you have uh, the gin and they're, they're flashing back with his story I thought that like okay so <laughs> the part where he automatically out of nowhere like in the first movie the mythology is that he has to be reborn so he's really small um, and then he gets bigger the more he kills. And this one, he's like a sludge thing, but his face is full size. And he's just, can you imagine the special effects day? Yeah, Andrew, can you just stick your face through this slime in the wall and talk? And he's like, I'm doing what now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, can you do it for us? Fuck it, fine. <laughs> oh, and the part where uh, the guy goes, I wish I could get out of this jail cell. I really thought it was going to look better, be more entertaining. And they're just like, grab a dummy and shove it through the... <laughs> What? Yeah, I thought it was, he was going to like walk through it would like completely slice him and he would just like fall apart. And yeah. Pieces. Yeah, I yeah. really thought that was going to happen or something. They're just like, no, 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 no. We don't got the money for that kind of shit. Yeah, just get like an inflatable doll and then we'll just like pop it as we're pulling yeah. it through the fucking thing it's, and make it look terrible. It's just so tedious. And then there's a whole final sequence with the casino. And that thing looks like, again, like someone rented a porno set and they had like 12 guys and somehow convince Bokeem Woodbine to show up for that one fucking scene where he is clearly, like, not giving... He's like, just give me my money again. Just, I'm going to pretend to act this. It just the whole thing... Are you kidding me? Are you telling me you've never seen a casino with three tables in it? That's what every casino looks like, right? Yeah, and I worked for a small casino. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, literally, the, the, the casino... In, in the um, Tim and Eric's bedtime stories episode was way more convincing yeah. than that. You know, every, that, was intended, that was intended to be a joke. All of those tables look like, you know how when you shop online for a pool table, but it's like three-quarter size, and you can tell it's not really even felt on the table. It's just like that weird, like, just green fuzz. That's what the whole movie looks like, and it's just the cheap, cheap, cheapest. Now, yes, they do have a kind of a fun gore sequence in the, in the end of that, where I, I was like, at least I woke up. 
Um, and again, they're like, hey, let's just go have our whole team come up with creative deaths. That's it. That's all I can give you. That, that yes. Okay, so we should mention that the lore has changed a little bit. And, you know, you and I are kind of lore junkies for, like, these kind of horror films. Yeah. So, the, really, the difference in this one is that he needs to grant 1,001 wishes oh, right, before, yeah. before um, giving the main character the three. That's that's such a high-level task. And he goes to jail on purpose, and he's like, I have to collect eight more, 800 more souls. And I'm like, dude, how many people do you think are in this prison in the first fucking place? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was uh, it was very strange. Um, it's mostly just him standing there with a really weird smile. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just, he people, won't stop with a smile. And then people talk to him, and that's like a half. That's that's the so yeah. The, the one half of the movie is him standing still while people talk to him, and then the other half of the movie is the is the actress sitting at a computer talking. So it's not a very good movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know uh, if you picked up on this yet. It's not very good, folks. Well, I thought it was interesting uh, is I was, I was listening to the commentary, the making of on the first one back when it first came out, and he's like, well, I found this voice because I would eat uh, jelly beans because they have milk coating in them. They would coat my throat, so it made it sound like I ate gravel. And I'm like, that's the only thing I remember from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only interesting bit that's come from this thing. Yeah, just uh, if I ever want a gravelly voice, I better go grab a bag of jelly beans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good if you want to get into voice acting. What uh, do oh, you uh, say? Okay, so... Um, so how she stops him, I think is, I think is kind of the part that people might want to know. So basically in this one, the person who stops him has to like get him back into the crystal, um, but has to be of pure heart. And the person who opened the crystal in the first place, uh, you know, just killed somebody. So obviously she is not, you know, she's not a pure soul. So it, basically, the, the idea that is that like humanity is doomed because she is not a pure soul. So she uh, basically takes a shower and takes out her nose ring, and then suddenly she oh yeah, and then cuts off one of her fingers for some reason. Oh god! I forgot. I yeah. Why did she do that? Did I have no that? fucking clue. Okay, well that the reason the reasoning was left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. But she she cut out her she cut off her finger, and then nobody talked about it. Like, she just walked around with, like, with, like, a rag over her hand, and nobody asked her, what's with the rag? Hey, there's a trail of blood following you. <laughs> Did you not get that on my white carpet? Yeah, okay, and so, and then the the wish that she does to, like, stop him is to wish that she never killed the security guard. So that means that she never committed a mortal sin, so that way she can put him in the thing. But if she didn't shoot the guy, the guy probably would have shot her or she would have been in jail so that whole the ending doesn't even make sense yeah it doesn't, I, have a, it doesn't have like a bow on it it doesn't make sense yeah i almost her wish should have been when we never went to that art gallery in the first place something like that but can you yeah. imagine if she wishes that and then wishmaster goes now hold on a second i remember this other scene oh fuck <laughs> It says here, Christmas of 1997, you were at Blockbuster. Did you rent a VHS of Wishmaster? Oh, the irony! Did you rewind it? <laughs> yeah, I think our wish is that we never watch that movie. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, so that's it. <laughs> I got nothing else. I would say the first one out of curiosity, if you're kind of a completist with like, hey, these are, you know, the horror movies that were in theaters, you know, the ones that were promoted, you know, that kind of thing. Or like here are the big horror movie icons. I know he's not really an icon, but if you yeah. want to watch 
like all of the big monster effects movies of the time period, then yeah, I'd give it a shot. It's not bad. Yeah, it's so funny because in the 80s, they didn't really have, I mean, they were just beginning to have the ad, or the, sorry, the revenue stream of like, um, video and cable you know that was just starting but you're talking by the time that leprechaun warlock and wishmaster all hit they're from low budget companies that a decade earlier would have put at least one more in the theaters because they all made decent money um you know well actually they did i forgot leprechaun 2 was in theaters and so was warlock 2 but you can kind of see like by the 90s when dvd is taking off and cable is just exploding for content they're like why the fuck would we spend you know five million dollars putting this in theaters and we don't spend a dime and just sell this straight to people you know yeah you don't have to do as much advertising either and that's why we have a mangler two and three and <laughs> there's no reason <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right so that is it for this episode everybody thank you for listening and have a good one good night folks